I first discovered today's guest a few years ago online when I was embarking on my first trip to the Festival of Quilts Birmingham. I was doing a little research on the UK quilting scene when suddenly I came across the Great British Quilter podcast. What a wonderful 16 episodes to binge listen to on a nine-hour flight to the UK. I was so excited to try to meet any or all of these people. So today I'll have a chat with the host of that show, Sarah Ashford. Hello and welcome to the Quilter on Fire podcast, where I explore the stories, the connections, and the joy of guests in the quilting world. I'm your host, Brandy Maslowski, also known as the Quilter on Fire, and I can't wait to share this week's episode with you. So, here we go. My guest today is Sarah Ashford. She is known for shining the spotlight on great British quilters on her podcast of that very name. She has written two books, Jump Into Patchwork and Quilting and Rotary Cutting Basics, and with a focus on beginners, she loves to teach and travel. She just launched her wellness coaching business and has a passion for fitness. So let's explore the story of Sarah Ashford. Sarah, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Brandy. I'm so excited to be here today. Well, I'm so excited to have you. I love to interview people who I have met in person, and I've met you a few times at the Festival of Quilts and at QuiltCon, and it is such a pleasure to call you my friend. So I love to start the podcast by taking a little look back at where you got started. So when do you first remember putting stitch to fabric? Oh, so I started doing things like cross stitch when I was about seven or eight years old and a little bit of knitting back then for my teddy bears and things like that. And I just have always picked up a needle and thread and been making things. I was very much one of those little girls who was always making something, painting something, sewing something. And then I honed my skills as the time went on. And I guess like so many people, I got into actual quilting before my daughter was born. That's 15 years ago now. And that's when I first made a very simple patchwork quilt and I just absolutely loved it and I've never looked back since. So when you were little or growing up were there certain people in your life that had a creative impact on you early on? Yeah absolutely so my mum was very creative she wasn't a quilter she isn't a quilter but she does like to sew so she did teach me to sew and I had one of my dearest friends her mum was a quilter and I used to go around to her house and see her making these fantastic quilts and I just knew that one day that was what I wanted to do I wanted to make quilts like my friend's mum. Oh and you mentioned that you got into quilting as you had your first child can you tell us about your very first quilt? Yeah, so it coincided also with a fabric shop opening in the town where I lived at the time in Rochester. It's called Hometown. It's still there in Kent. And they had such lovely modern fabric. And it was really something very different to what I'd sort of seen before. This was obviously 15 years ago. So the internet wasn't what it is now. And so I just started very simple. Uh, I didn't know a lot about quilting at all at that point, but I had a lot of sewing skills, so a lot of transferable knowledge. So it was literally just squares sewn together, 
and then quilted in the ditch. That's not something I would do now or necessarily recommend to beginners to quilting, but that's what I did at the time. And I put some binding on in a very interesting way, shall we say. But the fabrics were beautiful. And, you know, for a first attempt, it wasn't too bad being self-taught. So that was my very first quilt. So did you bind wrapping the fabric from the back without attaching a binding or how did you do it? Oh, no, I did definitely bind it. But I think I sort of stitched it from the front to go through the front and the back. So it's, you know, it's a little bit untidy. The, the corners weren't great. It looks pretty scrappy. But yeah, the fabrics were lovely. And so standing back from it, it looked really, really pretty. Yeah. And how did your love for quilting blossom from there? I just fell in love with fabric and with quilt patterns and quilt designs. And I did actually start doing a city and guilds in patchwork and quilting because that was what my friend's mum had been doing and I had seen her progressing over the years in that level three and city and guilds course so I thought I want to learn everything I can about quilting I've done a bit of dressmaking in the past and cross stitch and knitting and things like that but I just knew somehow that patchwork was my real passion so I started the city and guilds and back then it was it was like a learning from home distance learning course which was quite unusual back then we didn't have zoom and things like we do now and facebook was in its infancy so it was very difficult compared to say now and there wasn't instagram and so there wasn't an online community like we have now and and to be honest i didn't finish the course i worked on it for about three years it was an awful lot of work and it gave me so much did so much research it gave me so much insight into different techniques and ways of doing things and a lot of theory as well and research about artists and color it was absolutely fantastic and I loved it and at the same time that's when Pinterest started growing and Flickr and all of a sudden there was this online community that. I connected with and I realized that there were all these people out there doing the same thing as me. And so I got in touch, you know, with other quilters around the world. And eventually there was something called the Fat Quarterly. And there was a retreat in London called the Fat Quarterly Retreat. I think this was back in about 2013, perhaps. And so I went along and that was really my first experience of meeting modern quilters who were like me because up till that point I'd felt very much kind of on my own really and that was just an incredible experience to meet all of the people who loved the same thing as I did. How did your quilt style grow and change over time? So did you start off quite traditional and then move on to modern as 2013 came around and you saw Flickr and met all of those people? I think I've always been drawn to colour and bright colours. And one of my earliest influences was the books called Material Obsession by Sarah Filkey and Kathy Doughty. And I saw these books and I saw the quilts that they were making with their big stitch hand quilting and their riotous use of colour. I mean, the quilts are just absolutely fabulous and really quite technically advanced as well. And I would look at these books, which I still have today, And I thought, these are the types of quilts that I want to make. I just love them. And so 
I just sort of realized a bit like you that there was this whole world of modern quilting out there it doesn't have to be necessarily traditional it can be modern traditional and I love that sort of hybrid of using the traditional quilt blocks and maybe putting a twist on them or using solids with them or making them modern in some way and so yeah I would say that my style is definitely sort of modern bright and colorful yeah, you can definitely see that your aesthetic is bright and colorful and fun. So, and we're going to talk about your design and those kind of things coming up right away. But first, I want to sort of jump out of the conversation for a second to where you are in the world. So where are you living now? And who are your loved ones that you share your world with every day? Yeah, so I live in a little town called Wellington in Somerset. So it's near Taunton. That's like the major town in Somerset. So yeah, I'm in the UK, in the southwest of the UK. And I live with my husband and I've got two children. My daughter is 14 and my son is 11. And we've got a dog. He's a multi-poo called Leo. And we have two guinea pigs called Cookie and Fudge. Oh. <laughs> so lots of people to look after. <laughs> Okay, so let's dive into the quilty business. In your quilting world, what do you bring to your community? How do you share your work? So how do I share it? So Instagram is a big thing for me. And I've spent a lot of time investing in Instagram. And I didn't think of Instagram as like a portfolio, really, of my work. And it's wonderful to have that and sort of look back on everything that I've made and people I've connected with and, and the things that I've achieved. Yeah, Instagram's a big one for me. I do have a blog as well and a website. So I try and put lots of information on my blog and add value and I have tutorials and things like that on there too. Um, and I have a newsletter and I love connecting with people that way as well. And they can find out about what's going on in my quilting world, which is really great. Lots of platforms to keep updated, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah. So if someone's listening right now and they're thinking, oh, this sounds really fresh and modern and I want to check her out online. What's your website? My website is sarahashfordstudio.com. Just to dive into it a little bit more, what kind of products do you bring to the world? So I sell PDF patterns. I've got quilt patterns on there and I've got smaller project patterns. So there's cushions, there's things like zipper pouches. And I've got a couple of quilt block um, patterns on there as well. So they're all digital downloads. So you can have them instantly to your inbox. Um, I also sell project pouches, which are glitter vinyl pouches, which are really good for storage and organization. I'm a big one for having things tidy and organized and they've got glitter on them. So I make those as well. So they're the main things that you can find on the website. I've written two books as well, and I do sell one of them on my website, but there are other avenues that you can purchase the book as well. Yeah. And I definitely want to dive into the two books and what they're about, but let's go back into the story where you were just embarking on having a family and you just got into quilting. So did you make a transition from another career and do quilting on the side or have you always done quilting as your main passion? Yeah, so I'm actually a primary school teacher. So before I had my daughter, I was working full time as a teacher. And then I did return to teaching a little bit. And then I had my son. And then I was doing a little bit of supply teaching. And then I went back into full-time teaching locally here in Somerset. And it's a very busy job. It's quite a responsibility. It's a very full-on. And 
And the sad thing happened in that for the first time moving here, I got my own studio, which I was absolutely delighted with. But I was so busy in my job as a teacher that I literally had no time to sew. And it made me really sad because I thought this is what I love to do more than anything. It's part of who I am, being a quilter, sewing, connecting with people, sharing my knowledge. And my job was literally stopping me from doing the thing that I loved the most. And that's when I had to re-evaluate my life. And at that time, I also set up the Southwest Modern Quilt Guild at the time that I was working full time as a teacher as well. And we'd moved to Somerset from an island called Jersey, where we'd lived for five years. And so it was a very busy time setting up the Modern Quilt Guild, working full time. And I'm so grateful that I did set up the Quilt Guild because it meant that I met local people who were modern quilters as well. And like I say, I had to sort of reevaluate my life and realise that working full time as a teacher with a young family and wanting to do some quilting as well, it just wasn't working. So I did actually stop primary school teaching and I sort of went full throttle into quilting and teaching quilting, which I still do today. I run workshops and travel and go to places. And so I still tick that box of teaching and imparting knowledge. But it's with mostly with adults. I have taught children how to sew. So that brings me a lot of joy and ticks that teaching box without being a full time teacher. Yeah. And you are a much sought after teacher in the quilting world. And so was there kind of a defining moment once you made that switch over where you kind of thought, yeah, this is my thing. This this is going to work for me. I'm going to do this for a living. There was a really funny coincidence because I had been approached by Love Patchwork and Quilting Magazine, which is a big publication to design a pattern for a baby quilt of a unicorn. And this was when I was teaching full time. And I think I made the quilt around Christmas time. I remember being under pressure to get it done in the school holidays before I went back to school. And then on literally my very last day as a primary school teacher, the magazine came out and my unicorn quilt isn't the main quilt on the cover, but it does feature on the cover. And I just thought the timing of that was just so serendipitous you couldn't have made it up if you tried and I just kind of felt like it was a message from the universe sort of saying you know and it was called believe or something like that and I thought yeah you've got to believe in yourself and this is your path now you know this has happened on this day for a reason and look forward and be excited for everything that the quilting world has got to offer yeah but that was a really special moment I'll never forget that oh I love that Now, I always love to jump into the conversation about design because you are such a wonderful creator. First, let me just say that I'm always astonished at the massive action that you take to bring things to the world. You are always on a project. You're creating new things. You're collaborating with people and everything you come up with is so delightful. I remember you held up a jean jacket for me once that you were working on for a friend and some different things like that. And there's just, there's so many wonderful things we have to talk about, but let's dive into design. So when you see something in the world that sparks an idea for you, how do you capture that? So if I'm out and about, the first thing I do these days is use the notes on my iPhone. And it's brilliant because obviously you can type into that, but it's also got the draw feature. So it could be that I'm just sat on the train and an idea comes to me and then I'll just quickly like get it out into my phone and then I've got it, you know. 
So I do try and take inspiration from everything that's all around me. And I like to use EQ8. That's a really great program for, for designing. And sometimes it's just good old fashioned graph paper. You know, sometimes you've got this idea in your head and you just need to get it down on paper. And sometimes that's the easiest thing to do. So yeah, definitely a combination of things. Yeah. And I didn't actually realize there was a feature in notes where you could draw something. So I'll have to give that a try. Yeah, you just click on like the little pen and then you can just use your finger or whatever. It's very rough, you know, but it's just enough to then when you look back at it, it triggers your memory. Oh, I know what that means. It'll only make sense to you. But, you know, you can draw on that for sure. Yeah, that's so great. And I love to talk a little bit about color inspiration as well, because your aesthetic is very bright and colorful and it actually is kind of really cheerful as well. So can you give us a glimpse into like where you pull your color inspirations from? I just love color. And I guess for me, sometimes it's the fabric that will dictate to me what colors I use. A really good trick is to look at the selvage on a piece of fabric and it will show you the different colors that have been used to make up that particular fabric. And so then you can use that as like a guide to then pull all of the other colors from. And when I first started my Instagram, I really wanted to have the idea of lots of bright color against the white background. So if you look at my Instagram feed, you'll see that the colors really pop because I like this white background. And one thing I wanted to say as well about color is photography. I think photography is something that's really important to get right, to capture the colors in your project because you can make the most beautiful quilt or pillow or whatever it might be. But if the photography isn't capturing it in the best way and then that can make it look a bit disappointing when in fact it's something that's really really fabulous yeah but yes the color is something that I love working with another good tip for color inspiration is going on Pinterest and you can type in um, color palettes and what it will do is give you photographs and it could be in Italy or in Greece or it could be anything really and then it will pull out the colors of that photograph and give you a lovely color palette and recently my friend told me that there's a whole Facebook group where color palettes are pulled from films wow so I can't remember what it's called I'll have to let you know and then maybe you can share it afterwards but yeah it takes different films and almost like a screenshot from the film and then it will pull the colors to represent that film Uh, and I just thought wow that's so clever what a great way to get color palettes yeah well and using color palettes at all is such a clever tip and I mean not everyone who's listening right now can see what I'm seeing but I can see you in your studio and I see that you have a beautiful skylight above you do you have a special spot in your studio or in your home where you love to take photos of the project you're working on or do you try to do that outside yes so I do definitely like to take photos outside you don't want too much sun because sometimes you can get a bit too much glare. So you have to get a time when the light's light and in the UK when it's not raining as well. <laughs> and the other thing that I also have is a photo box. And so that's really good for getting that even kind of colour. Yeah. And I like the white background. And then I do edit my photos as well because photography is very hard. You know, they quite often most photos will need editing. And then, yes, I've got a space in my kitchen as well that gets a lot of light. So that's always a good place to get photos if I'm taking photos of something bigger than will fit in my light box. Yeah. And I'm not the only one who absolutely loves your 
color and design aesthetic, you have designed some fabric. So can you tell us about the Back to Basics for Dashwood Studio? Yes. So this came out in 2020 and I did work with Dashwood Studio and it was called the Great British Quilter Back to Basics. And there's 20 prints in the range. And the idea is that they are like blender fabric. Yeah. So they're really bright and colourful and they all have a different theme. So, for example, one of them has all the stitches from the sewing machine on them. And then another one's called Meander and it's got like that Meander free motion quilting design on it. And then there's a text print which has got definitions like quilting definitions. And there's like a black version and a grey version and a, a white version. And then there's the black and white stripe, which is obviously very popular for the binding. And then there's a like a candy pink and white stripe, which again is really nice for the binding. So it's a great collection because although I've seen people use it sort of in isolation on its own, it's one that can be used with any fabric collection because there's so many colours to choose from and there's some neutrals in there as well. So they're really good blenders to have in your stash. Yeah, I love it. And it really says a lot about a designer when a company like Dashwood is going to make a collection that is kind of like back to basics. It's like a foundational type of line of fabric. So what was it like to feel that very first ever fabric that you created in your hands for the first time? Oh, it was amazing. So I had some sort of sample yardage sent to me and I remember opening the boxes and thinking, wow. But I think the most special moment happened in Austin at QuiltCon. This was in 2020, right before the pandemic. And a friend of mine is uh, Lisa Morris, who has Morris Textiles. A lot of your listeners will know her booth from QuiltCon and her lovely shop. And so she had my fabric on the bolts and so it was my job to open the boxes and then put it on display at QuiltCon and there's photos of me opening it and yeah again that was another really special career highlight for me seeing it on the bolt and then having it on sale at QuiltCon. Oh that must have been such a wonderful moment just tearing open the bolts of fabric and I love Lisa Morris she is always wearing a beautiful dress made of fabric that she sells usually Liberty of London fabric but you know she's always looking so delightful so I've met her a couple times and I can't wait to have her on the podcast one day too so I'll have to chat with her this year again at QuiltCon. So on your website, you have 15 to 20, you have so many patterns on the website. It's just wonderful. So what are some of your top sellers? So one of my top sellers is a baby quilt and it's called Up and Away and it's hot air balloons. So that one is really popular. And I had a sew along quite a few years ago now. And it was just so great seeing it made in so many different fabrics and prints. Lisa made a Liberty version. I think she made two versions. She did like a pink version. She did a blue version. And I've seen people do it like with an ombre spectrum of colors, all different variations. That's a popular one, particularly if you enjoy foundation paper piecing. And it's really relatively simple foundation piecing. So it's a good starter project if you're new to the foundation piecing. And then another popular pattern of mine is sofa sewing station. And it's like a little pin cushion and little pockets. And you put it over the arm of your armchair or sofa couch as you say to keep all your notions safe while you sit watching tv and stitching so that's probably one of my second most popular patterns yeah is one of your patterns you know your favorite to teach or anything like that 
So I've got a pattern on there. It's like a Dresden plate and it's got a porthole in the centre. So rather than the traditional circle being a seated on top in the middle, you do this technique called a porthole for the centre. And then you have a piece of fabric coming behind the hole that you've created. So I've taught that before and that's a really, really good fun one to teach. Okay, that sounds like a lot of fun. And I definitely want to talk about your two books now before we get a little deeper into the website. So let's start with jumping into patchwork and quilting. How did that book come about? So I got to know the people at CNT Publishing through going to QuiltCon over the years. And they have this jump into series. So they've got like jump into sewing, jump into, I think it's knitting. And then they wanted a jump into quilting book. And so um, they approached me and they said, would you like to be part of this series and write Jump into Patchwork and Quilting? And so, of course, I had to say yes. Uh, what a wonderful opportunity that was. Yeah, writing a book that's designed for beginners was a real honour because the one thing I love to do is to convert people into the world of quilting and just really sort of taking everything back to basics and starting from scratch. And it was a real opportunity for me to impart as much knowledge as I could in this book about getting started with quilting and doing things in the right way and the best way and the most efficient way and getting to work with lots of different fabric companies and making really pretty projects and I had a really short deadline for this book and it actually came at an interesting time I wrote this book during the pandemic so in a way it was good timing because I was so focused on creating this book and the project and writing all the text for it as well. You know, it was good to have that focus during that very difficult time. And you can see by the cover of the first book that it's just a delightful introduction for new quilters. There's a gorgeous quilt on the front with a beautiful heart on it. And it just invites you to walk right into the world of quilting. So, you know, I want to talk about your second book as well, because that one really does go to the beginner quilter as well. So let's get into your second book. How did Rotary Cutting Basics come about? So it's one of those weird things in publishing where I actually wrote Rotary Cutting Basics first. Okay. But it came second. So CNT Publishing, they wanted to write a book about rotary cutters. They had published a book on rotary cutting, but it was about 15, 20 years ago. And they felt like they wanted, you know, a more up to date one because I think the world of rotary cutters has massively changed in that time. And so, you know, it was great for me. I hadn't realised just how much there was to learn about rotary cutters and the different size cutters and the different uses of the cutters and how to use them safely and how to set yourself up safely in the sewing room. So actually, there's a lot. it took a lot of research to write that book. And I hope it imparts some really useful knowledge for people who are new to quilting. So it's kind of nice to have a really modern version of that with all the updates we've learned along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And it covers other things as well, like the rulers that you would use and the maps and how to care for your maps and how to store your maps and store your rulers to get the longevity out of them and how to cut efficiently and to cut stacks of fabric and the right and safe way to do those things. So, yes, it's quite comprehensive. It's not a project, but there's no project in it. It's all about the rotary cutters and the things that you would need. And the nice thing about it is just a thin little book and it's on a spiral. So you can open it and then it will stay on that page that you want. So that's really nice. And it's almost got a sister book. You might have heard of Rose Parr and Healthy Quilting. Yeah. 
So she has also written a book and it's in the same sort of style with the spiral bound. So they're really good sort of companion books, really, because Rose is saying the same, you know, about setting up your sewing rooms. So you're working in a safe way and that your health and safety is at the forefront because, you know, there can be issues with repetitive motions like RSI and things like that and sitting for too long and Rose's book was all about that and I cover some of that as well in in my book Rotary Custom Basics. Yeah, Rose Parr has so much great information about keeping your body well. And I actually had her on the podcast way back in 2021. And if you want to go check that out, if you're listening right now and you want to, you're thinking, hmm, I could probably have better ergonomics. I could probably stretch and care for my body better. You can go back and listen to episode number 18. Now, after the break, we're going to talk about some really fun collaborations, but let's dive a little further into your website. So the name of the website is sarahashfordstudio.com. So what kind of things do you feature on your website? So yeah, I've got all of my products on there that we talked about, the patterns and the pouches and things like that. I've got the blog where I write about different projects. I've got free tutorials on there. I've got, you know, events that I've been to, books that I've read, like book reviews and things like that. So one of the other tabs is the podcast tab. So I used to host a podcast called The Great British Quilter. And all of the episodes are available via my website. And it's where, a bit like you, Brandy, I would talk to quilters and industry professionals and people in the business and we would just have a really good chat about what the sorts of things that they do and the impact that they have on the quilting industry so yeah that was wonderful I loved being a podcast host so it's quite fun being on the other side of things with you today but I think that it's a really great medium podcasting because you can just put it in your ears and you can walk the dog or you can do some stitching or whatever and yeah I loved recording the podcast so that's all available on the website as well yeah and so the blog is just packed with information you can go back and find all the history of that and the podcast I just have to tell a little story about the podcast because the first time that I met you was a few years ago at Festival of Quilts in Birmingham and before I even connected with you on Instagram I had already binge listened to all of your podcast episodes because I was excited because there's a podcaster in the UK and I can't wait to meet you so I was so delighted when I reached out to you and I said I have listened to your episodes and I want to meet you in person and you said absolutely so that was how we first connected it was and podcasting is just such like you just said it's such a great way to listen and take in content about the quilting world because you don't have to watch the videos or anything like that you just sit stick the earbuds in your ears and you can be hiking or walking or quilting and it just really works right yeah it's brilliant Yeah, so be sure to go and check out the Sarah Ashford Studio website. There's all kinds of wonderful things there. Now I want to get into, before the break, I want to get into your teaching and some of your travels. So what's your most popular workshop to teach? So I teach a workshop, walking foot quilting workshop. I teach a lot of the designs that are featured in the books Walk and Walk 2.0 by Jackie Gearing, who is the walking foot quilting goddess of the quilting world and her books are absolutely wonderful and I highly recommend them and what I find is that people buy the book and they're really excited and then they 
forget to sort of go back to it and actually have a go. So what I like to do is give people the opportunity a whole day normally to really have a play with different walking foot quilting designs. And the thing I love about teaching that class is it's not just like making a project and then it's done. It's like learning a whole new skill set. And you have come away with a toolkit of ideas for how to quilt your bags, your pillows, your quilt in ways that you might have thought were going to be too tricky. But actually, when you break it down and learn the steps that you need to create these beautiful walking foot quilting designs, often they're nowhere near as difficult as they might look when you first see them. So I really enjoy teaching that class because it's teaching skills that people can take with them for the future. Yeah, it's really good fundamentals. And if you're wondering who is Jackie Gearing, she is going to be the headliner at QuiltCon coming up in February. She's the keynote speaker, so she'll be teaching as well. And I have reached out to her and she's said yes to be on the podcast. So I promise you that I will be bringing in an episode with Jackie Gearing before QuiltCon happens in February. So I'm excited about that as well. Like you said, she is, she's an incredible teacher. Her books are amazing. And that kind of class is really kind of a fundamental foundational class in quilting. So what's your favorite workshop to teach? Yeah, so teaching that one is definitely one of my favorites. And then teaching from Walk 2.0, that's another great one because it's kind of building on the skills that you've learned in the first class. So when I was teaching at Festival of Quilts, which I do every year, I had one cohort of ladies and they said, oh, we want more, we want more. Can you teach like from the next book next year? So I was like, oh, okay, I think I can do that. So then I went away and I worked on some samples from the second book and then they all booked on the following year. And so now they've done both and they're saying, oh, we want to do some more. Can you write another class so we can keep keep on learning and developing our skills? Yeah, I really enjoy teaching the, the walking foot quilting. That's the one I teach the most. And then on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, this year I started teaching Japanese sashiko. I just taught it at Festival of Quilts just as a little taster workshop. So it was only an hour and a half. But it was just really nice to give people an introduction to this that beautiful craft. And we made a little coaster. And again, it was just so nice to meet new quilters. And because we're not using the sewing machines, it's all done by hand. It's just really nice to slow down and take a bit of time. And there was more opportunity to chat and, and relax and enjoy that slower pace of things as well. So um, I very much enjoy teaching the sashiko. And uh, I don't claim to be the world's expert on sashiko, but what I like to do is think that I can signpost people to where to go to find out more and just really give them a little introduction and to sort of ignite that fire and for people to think, oh, I really am you know, interested in this way of stitching and learning more about the culture and the history behind the sashiko and hopefully inspiring people to go on and find out more. Um, when I was at QuiltCon, actually, I went to a fantastic talk with a Japanese guy. He's Sashiko Story Instagram, and he had the most fantastic Sashiko coats and jeans. And we were all just in awe of his beautiful work. And it was just fascinating learning about the history of Sashiko from him. So I definitely recommend checking him out as well. So if someone's listening right now and perhaps they're in North America, do you teach on Zoom as well? I have taught on Zoom, yes. I definitely was teaching on Zoom during the pandemic. Yeah, I have done less 
so this year, but I am happy to teach on Zoom. Yeah, I think that's a good way to access classes when it's not possible to travel or whatever. You know, it really makes it, it opens up. I think that's one of the benefits, wasn't it, of the pandemic? We all learned that we could learn in a different way. We had to adapt and some of that can continue for those who can't travel for whatever reason. So, yes, I'm happy to teach on Zoom. Okay, so speaking of travel, what are some of your favorite quilting events that you've attended? So my first quilt con was in Pasadena, I think it was 2018. And that was probably my favorite because it was my first and it was just so exciting. I mean, I love California anyway, and to be back there and to be at the show and to be amongst all the people who loved modern quilting as much as I did was just so fantastic. And I got to make so many new friends. And I try to go to QuiltCon every year. And the beauty of it is each year I get to hang out with the friends that I made the year before. And then I make some new friends as well. So yeah. <laughs> it's just amazing. So that was a particular highlight, that first QuiltCon for me um, in Pasadena. And then I have other, some really fun memories of other quilt cons that I've been to. So I went to Nashville and we were line dancing in Nashville. That was great fun. And I went to Austin and we went to some bars and we went to, we were dancing in Austin. That was great fun. And then this year I went to Atlanta and Karen Lewis, who's a friend of mine, fellow quilter and author, we climbed Stone Mountain a few days before the show started. So that was great having a, an adventure for the day. We'd sort of planned it because we'd like to try and see a bit of the place that we're going to as well, not just the quilt show. Yeah. And then most recently, a bit closer to home, I was teaching in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. And I um, haven't been to Cambridge for about 20 years. And I was invited to go swimming in the Lido, which is like, you know, an outdoor pool. And they had, I think the Lido there is one of the longest in the country. It's 90 metres long. So it was really, really long. And luckily, we had a beautiful sunny day. So we were swimming in the Lido after I'd been teaching all day, which was a lovely way to wind down. And then the next day, Joe Avery, my other friend of mine, who'd also been teaching, Joe Avery and I, we went hunting down the River Cam. And so that was a wonderful experience as well. It's just incredible how many opportunities come just through quilting and essentially sewing fabric together you know I've got a whole network of friends I've traveled to some incredible places so yeah I'm excited to see where I'm going to be going next yeah and I remember seeing pictures on Instagram and it almost seemed like you were at a retreat but you were teaching that time in Cambridge yes I was teaching yeah I was just teaching for the day spending time with the lovely quilters that I taught there. We all went out to dinner the night before. We spent the day teaching and then we went swimming. Yeah, it was great. And it's just so lovely to hang out with other quilters. Yeah. And tell me a little bit more about the Joe Avery adventure, because I don't know what punting means. Is that going on a boat? Oh, yes. So it is. It is like a flat bottomed boat. Oh, okay. And then you have a guy who stands at the back and he's got a wooden pole that's very, very long. So not dissimilar to the gondolas in Venice. Huh. It hasn't got a paddle. It's like um, a long stick. And then he uses that to push the boat along. So we did about an hour's trip up the cam and back again. And we went past all of the colleges, all the Cambridge colleges. And he gave us a talk. We had a like a talk about the history and 
lots of stories and we were going under the bridges and it was absolutely lovely. So I, I highly recommend going hunting in Cambridge if you get the opportunity. Yeah, those sound like some very fun adventures. And I do love both of those people as well, Karen Lewis and Joe Avery. And I have asked both of them if they will be on the podcast. So I'm looking forward to having them on the podcast in the future as well. We've got a couple more questions before the break, and these are some of my favorite questions. So let's start with, is there a quilt or quilt project that has been most memorable for you? Well, I'm going to talk about the quilt project that I've been involved with this year because it has been so memorable. So I was involved with the Quilters Guild of the British Isles and the Terence Higgins Trust. And the Terence Higgins Trust approached the Quilters Guild because they wanted to create a quilt to remember Terence Higgins. And it was the 40th anniversary of his death and the start of the charity. And there is already a project called the Names Quilt, which I'm not sure if you've heard of, where people who have died of AIDS have had a quilt panel made in their memory. And it's one of the biggest quilt projects in the world. And the panels are all stored together and they are the size of a coffin. So each panel is really very big. And so we wanted to create a quilt for Terry made up of eight panels and again each panel was the size of a coffin so this quilt was enormous and it was on display at the Festival of Quilts this year and each panel represented a different aspect of Terence Higgins's life and the panel that I was working on was a messages panel so it was messages from service users of the Terence Higgins Trust messages from staff, messages from some of Terry's friends, and all of the messages were embroidered, some of the young quilters from the Quilters Guild, and then I had taught some of the staff members from the Terence Higgins Trust how to do embroidery, so they had an opportunity to embroider onto hearts, and then I embroidered a couple, and there were some volunteers who also embroidered these messages. And then there were other panels on the quilt, like I say, representing different aspects of Terry's life, So there was one with, oh, one of them glowed in the dark. That's right. It glowed in the dark and it was about Heaven Nightclub, which was a big gay nightclub in London. It still exists. And so that was really fun because Terry used to DJ there. And there was another panel that reflected his time working in the Navy and another panel showing a car and a trip he went on in Wales. And uh, it really is the most incredible piece. And you'll have to see if we can find a picture to share with the listeners because it's just fantastic. So the beauty of that for me was I got to meet lots of people from the Terence Higgins Trust. I've learned so much about HIV and AIDS since working for the charity. And then I got to work with other quilters and other textile artists who live all around the country. And so I've been also working hard to sort of raise awareness of the charity and the work they do. So, yeah, that's definitely been one of the most memorable projects that I've worked on and something I'm very proud to say that I have done. Yeah, it sounds like such an honor to even be a part of that project. And if you're listening right now and you're thinking, I've never heard of Terence Higgins or I want to know more, you can go to the website. It's Terence Higgins Trust, but it's THT.org. 
www.hivemarriage.org.uk. And you can see that it's all about HIV and sexual health. There's all kinds of services. You'll see, you'll learn a little bit more about the trust. And they have a really nice slogan at the top, Terrence Higgins Trust, Together We Can. So you can go and check that out if you want to learn more. So my final question before my break is my favorite question of all time. I ask every single guest that's on my podcast, in your quilting world, what brings you joy? So for me, what brings me the most joy is connecting with other quilters. I'm a real people person. So if I have the opportunity to sit down and stitch and chat, connect with other quilters, that for me is what brings me the most joy, being with other quilters. Yeah. And of course, it has brought me joy as well, because you are my friend. And I'm so excited to see you from so far away over the pond every time you come to QuiltCon. And every time that I go over there to the Festival of Quilts in Birmingham. Right now, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk all about Sarah's studio space, her wonderful collaborations, her wellness story, and what's coming up in her quilting world. We'll be right back. Today's podcast advertisers are thequilting.ca and angelssewing.com. There's a new quilted coat in town and you're not going to want to miss it. They thought we couldn't do it, but we did it anyway. Who created it? Thequilting.ca. Why is it different? You no longer have to struggle with paper patterns and pins. The cut lines are stitched directly onto the quilt with a computerized long arm. It is so easy, you just simply cut and sew. Not only that, it's reversible. You can choose an option for less binding and it has pockets. The Copenhagen Quilted Coat Pattern releases on October 27th. Don't have a long arm? No worries. You can either purchase the digital pattern for use with your computerized long arm or find someone to quilt your coat for you at www.thequilting.ca. That's T-H-E-Q-U-I-L-T-I-N-G dot C-A. For listeners of the Quilter on Fire podcast only, use Fire 20 at checkout for 20% off and make your showstopper quilted coat the minute it is available on October 27th. Discover a haven for sewing enthusiasts at angelssewing.com. Our store in Salem, New Hampshire is dedicated to providing a vast selection of high-quality sewing machines, fabrics, and accessories to help bring your creative visions to life. Whether you're a seasoned quilter, embroiderer, bag maker, or a beginner embarking on your first sewing project, we offer a range of products to suit every skill level. Our knowledgeable and friendly staff are always on hand to assist you with your needs, ensuring a seamless shopping experience. At angelssewing.com, we're not just sewing, we're building a community of creators. Use the code QUILTERONFIRE at checkout for 20% off your purchase of fabric, notions, and accessories. And we are back with Sarah Ashford of Sarah Ashford Studio. So, Tell us, Sarah, what kind of a studio space do you have at home? So we have one of the houses where it has an extra level, an extra floor. So I think my studio is meant to be like the master bedroom, but I claimed it as my own. (laughs) 
So it's brilliant. It's got slanted. It's got the roof. So I do lose quite a lot of space due to the roof, but it's an amazing space. I've got my cutting mats on the table in the center and my ironing board all set up. And I've got bookcases with all of my books and my fabric. I had this crazy idea that I want it to be a bit like a shop and that I can just walk in and then choose my fabrics from the bookcases if I was in the shop. And then I've got my desk and my computer and my sewing machine. I've got a cricket on another space, which is my laser cutter. I've got my printer for printing the labels. I've got my photo box in here as well. So yeah, I've got it set up just how I like it. And I try my hardest to stay organized and tidy. It does get a little messy sometimes, but I tend to tidy up after each project or at the end of the day. So, and I've got a nice view as well when I look out because we're higher up. I get to look at the field and I can see the dog walkers in the field and it backs onto the woods. So I can see the woods and see the colors of the leaves changing through the seasons, which is really lovely too. Yeah, that's really nice. And every time I meet with you on Zoom or we're having a little chat, I always admire the beautiful light flooding into the skylight. And also every once in a while, we're interrupted by little Leo who walks in, right? (laughs) Yeah. He's only allowed in here if he's on his best behavior. (laughs) I remember him walking in once and you were like, are you going to behave? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now, I've been excited to talk about this because you do so many wonderful collaborations. So tell us about some of the collaborations you've done. So for this year, my biggest collaboration has been with a company called Home Bargains. So if you live in the UK, you will have probably heard of them. But if you live in America, you might not have done. So let me just tell you about them. So they are a discount store. They've got about 600 stores across the UK. And I love going there. You can get some real bargains for your home. It literally is home bargains. And I was approached by them because they wanted to put together a sewing range and they wanted somebody to sort of, I guess, be an ambassador for sewing and come up with the collection that encompassed quilting, but also knitting and crochet and cross stitch and all of those creative things. And there's about 40 products in the range and they are all beautifully branded, got a lovely pink and blue and silver colour scheme. And the thing I love about this collaboration the most is the price point is really, really affordable. So for whatever budget you've got, there's going to be something there for you to have a go at craft. I think it's so important that craft and being creative is accessible to everybody. So this range really gives everybody the opportunity to give something a try and and try something new. And there's projects and kits in there which are also aimed at children. So it's a lovely thing to do with children, just like I did when I was little. And the great thing about some of the kits is you literally get everything you need in that kit from the thread to the needle and the fabric. And you get the instructions as well. So it's a really good entry level point for getting into craft and getting into quilting. So, yeah, very proud of that. I'm very proud of that collaboration. Yeah, for sure. And having a whole line of products that's very affordable really fits in with your desire to bring new quilters into the quilting world, right? Your work with beginners. Absolutely. So that's so great. And it's really neat, actually, that it's not just quilting. There's all kinds of other products as well. Yeah, that's it. 
And there's fabric in there as well. I forgot to mention. So there's fat quarter bundles. You get bundles of about five different fabrics. And then there's like charm square packs as well. And there's like rainbow, pastel rainbow prints. And then there's fat quarters of really lovely prints with like bees on and sort of stripes. And there's a lovely sort of neutral navy gray fat quarter bundle. So there's a real bit of everything in there. It's, it's really lovely. As far as collaborations go, you have some wonderful connections with Aurifil as well. So tell us what you've been doing with Aurifil. Yeah, so I've been working with Aurifil, I think, about five or six years now. We go back quite a long way. So um, I've had various different thread box collections over the years. And I also was representing their colour boxes as well one year. And that was fun. And I designed a block for them. So that was great. And this year, I have qualified as a wellness coach. And so I was chatting to them about the idea of having another box. And I thought, well, why not have a box called the Wellness Collection? And it can be all about colour and really uplifting bright colours that bring joy and that are a pleasure to stitch with. Um, And I went for the 12 weight thread, which is the thicker thread, which is perfect for hand quilting and embroidery. And I thought, well, what's better for your mental health than sitting down and slowing down and doing some hand quilting or doing some embroidery? So that whole theme just tied in really, really nicely. Yeah, that's such a great idea. And this color palette you've created of 12 weight threads is just you in a nutshell. It's these beautiful, soft, just pretty yellow, orange, pink, blues, purples. It just has such a nice aesthetic. So how did you actually choose those colors? Was it difficult to decide? Well, I was really conscious that I didn't want it to be a rainbow collection. So I was trying to specifically avoid red and avoid like the shade of blue that you might get in a rainbow. And I thought, well, I would really like to take the inspiration from spring and all of the colours that you see in the spring flowers and the spring greens and yellows and that sort of thing. So that was the inspiration. And, you know, it's surprisingly difficult sometimes to put a colour palette together. So what I was doing was using Kona chips from my Kona card. So I cut up my Kona card and then I was playing around with different combinations of colours. And initially I had more of an orange orange and it just wasn't quite working for me. I kept looking at it and I was like, no, I'm not happy with this. And I knew that there was an orange that was more corally. And so I put that in and I was like, yeah, that's it now. That's the one that I want. So yes, I'm really pleased with the colours in the collection. And they are, so they are 12 weight, but there is one 50 weight spool. So, and which is dove grey, which is my favourite for piecing. So I put that in there. So you've got your thread for your piecing and patchwork, and then you've got the 12 weights for the hand quilting and embroidery. Yeah, that's such a great idea to have that neutral piecing thread in there. And so, of course, if you want to see this collection, you can just Google it. Just search Aurifil and type in the wellness collection, and I'm sure it will come up right away. The colors are just beautiful. Okay, and you'll know when you find it online because the front of the box is a gorgeous foundation paper piece butterfly pattern. So, Sarah, tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so I came up with the idea of a butterfly pattern because I was thinking of the spring colours and butterflies and spring and summer. And also I like designing sort of simple foundation paper piece patterns that are good for a beginner to get started with. And this butterfly just happened to showcase not all, but some of the colours in the box. And I was able to use embroidery to put the antennae on the butterfly. And then I've created a mini quilt where I have hand quilted it as well. So yeah, the butterfly pattern is available on my website as well as a PDF download. Yeah. And you've done something really cool right on the box that you've put a QR code on there. So if you buy the box of thread, you can put your phone on the QR code, press the QR code, and it'll take you straight to the website. Okay, so you hinted at your wellness story and how you've gotten into coaching. So let's talk about that. Yes. So I, again, I have Rose Parter thank for this new direction that I've gone in because we became good friends. And Rose put me in touch with somebody called Coach Jenny Grover, who I think you have spoken with before. And I met up with Jenny at QuiltCon in Atlanta this year. And Rose is brilliant. She's a real enabler and brings people together. And so it was fantastic that I was able to meet Jenny because Rose had felt that we had a lot of similarities. And I spent a lot of time talking to Jenny and she's been so generous with her knowledge and kind and supportive. And she encouraged me to get a wellness qualification. And I thought, you know what, that's something that I'm really interested in. I would really love to do. I'd really love to be able to work with people and help try and make a difference to their lives and to connect with people on a level. So I did some training with the Raw Horizons Academy, and they are an accredited provider of wellness coaching. And so I have been coaching ever since, and I've been working online, and I've been meeting people locally, and I've coached men and women. And so in quite a short period of time, I've actually gained quite a lot of experience, which has been fantastic. Yeah, that is so great. And just the fact that you were influenced by Rose and Jenny, I mean, they gravitate towards people who would be really good in this type of industry. So it's exciting to hear how you've grown there. And also, if you are listening right now and you're thinking, I don't remember listening to a Jenny Grover episode, that was episode 122. And also, I bumped into Jenny at QuiltCon last year and we sat down and she gave us a few tips for wellness as well. And I'm just going to jump into the podcast here with a quick little edit because I don't want you to miss out on the Rose Parr episode either. I interviewed Rose Parr way back in March of 2021 and we did a healthy quilter episode and that was episode number 18. So you can scroll back on my website and find that one as well. So, of course, if you're interested in Sarah Ashford Wellness and you want to chat with her about your own personal well-being, you can go to the website and you can click right there. So my next question is really fun, and it kind of goes down to your personal creative practice sometimes. But what is your favorite time of day? So my favorite time of day is definitely the evening when the children have gone to bed. I just really like the quiet of the evening and for some reason I'm more awake in the evenings than I am in the morning I'm I'm a night owl for sure and I really have to watch myself and make sure that I make myself go to bed because I know that it's not good for me to stay up too late but I just really like 
the peace and quiet of the evening. I find it quite intimate with it being dark and I can just sort of sit down and focus on whatever I need to do, whether that's stitching or maybe doing a little bit of work or just enjoying and relaxing in the evening. So yeah, that's definitely my favorite time of day. Okay. And you have all kinds of wonderful things coming soon, but let's talk about your new lecture, the true story of the Raja quilt. That sounds so exciting. So tell us all about that. Yeah. So many years ago, back in, I think it was 2010, there was an exhibition at the V&A Museum in London and the Raja quilt was there along with another quilt that had been created by prisoners through a charity called Fine Cell Work. And I was absolutely blown away, particularly by the quilt made by the prisoners and fine cell work. And it really sent me on a journey of discovery and finding out more about these prisoners and these convicts who are creative and who make things. And it's something that I have done on and off over the last 10 years, gone into prison and taught prisoners how to sew and how to quilt. And then I came across a book and a fiction book called Dangerous Women by an author called Hope Adams. And it told the story of the Rajah quilt, which is a real quilt that exists today that I hadn't realised, but I'd actually seen in that exhibition. And it's a fictional story, but with the facts woven through it. So there's a ship called the Rajah And back in 1841, about 100 women were taken from London prisons and they were shipped to what's called Van Diemen's Land, which is Tasmania. And there is a tutor, a quilt tutor went with them and taught them how to quilt. And they made this quilt called the Rajah quilt while they were on their travels to Van Diemen's Land. So I just thought that is the most amazing story to think that these women, these convicts who had been written off from society, who were being shipped to another land, were able to learn to quill and they came together and they made this beautiful piece and they actually presented it to one of the governor's wives when they got there. So my talk tells the story of the creation of this quilt and it tells of the fictional book that incorporates the making of the quilt as well and I even had the opportunity to interview the author of that book Hope Adams and so I have her words in my talk as well and it's just been so fascinating finding out about all of the different characters who really did exist and I don't want to give too much away but there's actually a love story involved as well. Oh, that sounds so good. So, I mean, definitely if you're listening right now and you're thinking, you know, we bring a lot of speakers into our guild and we love to have talks, but wouldn't it be nice to have a talk that is kind of an entertaining story of the history of this Raja quilt, right? So if you're interested in that, you can definitely go to Sarah's website, sarahashfordstudio.com, and you can click on the contact form and you can book her for a Zoom presentation. And if I find out where you're speaking online, I'm definitely going to go to that presentation. But what else is coming up in your quilting world? Yeah, so I'm quite busy teaching at the moment. I've got quite a few gigs in the UK booked up over the next couple of months and online Zoom talks talking about the Rajah quilt as well. And I'm going to be in Raleigh at QuiltCon next year, which is always a highlight. I always have so much fun. It's just fantastic. 
And yeah, so I just hope to travel more, meet more quilters and do more wellness coaching as well, because that's something that I really love to do as well as all of the quilting and the sewing. Well, that all sounds like so much fun. So remember, you can reach out on Sarah's website, click on that contact. You can connect with her on Instagram as well by sending her a message. If you're interested in anything she has to offer, of course, connect. This is what we do on the podcast. We bring creators to you who are doing wonderful things in the world. And I always love hearing the stories after where they've connected with listeners of this show. So be sure to reach out and say hello. Now it's time for the lightning round, Robin. It's a series of rapid fire questions and it's super fun. Sarah, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What is your favorite tool or notion? I love the Hero marker for marking my fabric before I quilt. Okay. And what is a skill that you'd still love to learn in quilting? I would love to learn um, cyanotype, which is technically printing, not quilting, but you can quilt with your pieces that you've made afterwards. So I was looking into that earlier and you can buy a kit. So I think I might do that pretty soon. It looks really fun. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so fun. It's kind of like sun printing, but it leaves the beautiful shadow of things on your fabric, right? That's right. Yes, it looks great. Okay. Has there been a mentor who has really influenced you along your journey? I would say Joe Avery has been a fantastic friend and she's always got a listening ear and advice and she's so unbelievably talented and creative. So I really look up to her. It's an honor to call her my friend as well. What are some of your favorite collections of things? So I collect enamel pins. So wherever I go, if I go to Quilt Con or Festival of Quilts, I'll get a little pin badge. And when I'm at the shows, quite often pin badges are on sale. So, and they can be quite pricey. So I have to kind of decide which ones I really love. But I'll usually come away from a quilt show with two or three. And I've made like a little banner in my studio to pin them all on. But that's full now. So I'm having to find other places to put them. But I love collecting the enamel pins they're really they're really lovely yeah and that's nice because most shows will have an enamel pin for the show right yes okay do you have another favorite hobby besides quilting so the thing I do most apart from quilting is go to the gym so I don't know if you call that a hobby but it's something I'm really passionate about I love working out and a bit like my quilting friends I love hanging out with my gym buddies so yeah that's something I do a lot of and this Sunday I am running the Cardiff Half Marathon in aid of the Terence Higgins Trust actually so um, that's a really big deal for me because I'm not a runner and I have been becoming a runner over this summer it's going to be great fun and we're going to raise a lot of money for the Terence Higgins Trust as well. Yeah and you have been training for such a long time for that. I really wish you all the best in that big adventure. I hope you do very well and I hope that when you finish you just feel this huge wave of accomplishment because you so deserve it. Oh thank you. Okay the last question in the lightning round is do you have oh we know the answer to this question already but do you have any furry friends in your studio? <laughs> well they're not normally allowed in but yes I have Leo the dog. He um he comes and joins me sometimes. Yeah, so I think I was quite lucky to have that little cameo the day that he walked in when we were chatting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so thank you for braving the lightning round, Robin. So I've mentioned your website a few times, but it is Sarah with an H, Ashford Studio 
com. So you can go there to check out everything that she has to offer. But Sarah, where's the best place for quilters to connect with you on social media? Instagram is my go-to place. So I would say Instagram and, and I am at Sarah Ashford Studio on there. Okay. Now, as we wrap up, what do you want quilters to take away most from our conversation today? Just quilt for joy and quilt to connect with others and just do what you love. Life is busy and life can be stressful, but just try and find the time to do more of what you love and what brings you joy. And if you're a quilter, then quilting is probably going to be it. Oh, what a lovely way to end the show. Sarah, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your story with me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Brandy. I've really enjoyed it. So that was my show with Sarah Ashford of Sarah Ashford Studio. I have enjoyed every moment interviewing her on this podcast and spending time with her in person at events like Festival of Quilts Birmingham and QuiltCon. She is a wonderful people connector. Her quilt patterns and designs are fresh and inviting and perfectly suited to beginners, bringing them comfort and success from the start. Keep an eye on her Instagram to see what she's up to next. And if you are looking for a certified coach, drop her an email or message her on Instagram. She is a true gem with a heart for passion projects and philanthropy. And I loved sharing her story with you today. Join me, the Quilter on Fire, for a quilter's dream trip to Japan in May 2024. Delight in the breathtaking beauty of traditional Japanese towns, shop for stunning fabrics, and learn traditional Japanese techniques like sashiko. Be part of our textile tour to Japan and experience a world of art, craft, and culture like never before. Don't miss this incredible opportunity. Book your spot today by calling Judy at Opulent Quilt Journeys, 1-877-235-3767, or go to opulentquiltjourneys.com. And don't forget to check out thequilting.ca for the launch of that quilted coat pattern that is stitched out on the long arm. It's such a great idea. And also check out angelssewing.com for all of your quilting needs and use the discount code QUILTERONFIRE at checkout. Supporting our advertisers supports this free podcast. Thank you for listening to the Quilter on Fire podcast. Until next time, dream big and have fun in the studio with the Quilter on Fire.